technical difficulties, huh? Oh boy, did we. It's like, ugh. It's here? Sure. Oh! Dustin, will you talk? Hello. Excellent. So, what's going on, fellas? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're Skyping. (laughs) Well, nothing in particular today. Okay. And and Mike, I know, is working on another project. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get the freelance work thing going, and um, I met, I worked for somebody uh, a couple years ago, and so I contacted that person, they sent me a project. Part of the gig economy. Well, yeah, it's something. I just, I'm just looking around in many areas for income, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Kind of like, well, I was thinking that a lot of this has sort of turned out to be like, you know, like being a musician. Yeah, I'll play at the church. I'll play at the uh, Union Hall. I'll, I'll play the I Civic, did, Civic well, Center. I used, to, I used to use a freelancer, and he was a musician. So, yeah, it's, the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm looking for scraps. Well, that's what they're saying, though, and that, you know, staying with a big company all your life, you know, being a company man and getting it, that's not the way it works anymore. And that's why we need, you know, national health care, mm-hmm. cheap, so, to free people so you don't lose that when you leave your job. Well, I, I didn't mind, you know, I mean, I didn't set out to work for one company for the rest of my life, you know. And I, you know, I had to jump to other companies and, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the struggle that it's become now. You know, of course, I was younger. You know, I, I, I don't like to just sort of pinpoint that, but I mean, it's, I don't yeah. know what else it, I can look at. I yeah, mean, the more I read about that, too, you know, there's so many things going against it, including that older people don't want to tell, I mean, younger people don't want to tell older people what to do. You know, it feels weird to them. Yeah, well, publishing, I mean, did skew young. I mean, that's what I, I saw. So that was my experience in publishing, so... I guess I, I should have seen the writing coming. Oh, seen the writing on the wall, yeah. Yeah, I should have seen the writing on the wall that my future was going to be doomed. <laughs> You're not dead yet. <laughs> I made too much of a kick out of that. <laughs> well, it was just kind of dramatic. Yeah. Let's see. But I guess after a couple of years, you do feel doomed. Yeah, I mean, I, I had that job in 2014. That turned out, I mean, I, they got rid of me about a month shy of a year. I mean, it, it wasn't a good job. I had a horrible manager, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she knew that I didn't really respect her, so. 
we remember. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the weird thing is, I just saw a posting for my old job. No. <laughs> so, so I think they, they may have done without, you know, for a year, but now things have changed or whatever, and now they're looking for a person. I don't know if they hired a, a person in the interim, you know. It's Who been, has more experience than you, Mike? I don't know. I, but re I, I, I reapply. I did contact with some of the people the on uh, on LinkedIn. The teacher? Uh, no. She was sympathetic to you, as I recall. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, she's on LinkedIn with me, but I actually contacted the owner's sister, who, you know, above my manager. Oh, excellent. I was, I was on good terms with her, but I sent her a little message, you know, that I saw the ad for <laughs> job and would it be out of the question for me to return? <laughs> And uh, I got radio silence, you know. Oh. No response. That's become that's become a phrase you use a lot lately, Mike. Well, it's 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 Ra a uh, it's a common phrase we use in masses. Oh, okay. Because radio silence, I'm not sure what that means. It, but that's like you send out a yes. message on your. Well, it's, yeah. It, it means the other person doesn't have a, have the courtesy to reply to you. You know. It's, mm. Just get the silence, and that's your that's your reply. Another there's another version of that is you don't even get a PFO letter. <laughs> PFO. Please fuck off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, you don't even get that. I mean, it, you know, it's it's weird that you know I see people in masses and they're going through the same thing. I mean, there's a there's a guy who's probably my best customer. I mean, he was tipping me the best, although. He's now, not going to be for much longer. Well, well, yeah, I've already noticed that his tips are beginning to shrink. Oh. He got laid off, uh, I guess, last October. So he's been out a little while now, you know. And, uh, you know, he he was in banking, and apparently he was making, you know, big money, you know, compared to what I made. But, you know, he's got he's got uh, a son and in college, and oh. you know, he's got more more things on his plate than I do, you know, so... It's 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 threatening to him or whatever, and uh, so yeah, he's he, he's drinking a lot, you know, and I don't think that's a good thing. But um, you know, he, he gets interviews and stuff, and you know, he's he's sort of going through the same thing. How he's old a, is he? He's a couple of years younger than me, but he's, he's I think he's like fifty, fifty one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he's going through the same thing. You know, you hit fifty, and then that's the cutoff where they start looking to get rid of you. I don't know. I wish I knew, like, some corporate, uh, you know, manager who could uh, reveal these secrets. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> it's on the dark web. The dark web. <laughs> you know about that, right? No, I'll, I'll let you uh, go off well, on that. There, <laughs> there is an entirely separate... Internet. We only get like twenty percent of what's on the internet. Yeah. There is incredibly deep and complex webs in there where people have probably conversations about you know, well yeah, I don't hire the old guys anymore either. You know, it's just we don't need them. The same place where the cop. Well, although the cops get in trouble for tweeting their sexist and uh, racist and who's doing that? Oh, wait, that's not you guys. That's my fan. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
those fighters with the sound effect. Yeah, he's quick to blame everyone else, though. Or anyone else. How's everybody else going? Good, good. Good. Oh, sorry, I got a bearing going bad in my fan. Oh, out the garage. Yikes. It screams like a banshee. We have a refrigerator at Masses that does that. Oh, my God. Oh, the motor just starts. What do you do about it? Kick it. <laughs> oh, I've been spraying lubricant on it. And I can get it to stop for a couple hours, but it comes back. It burns up everything. The bearing's gone. I know that. Yeah, something's wrong with this refrigerator. Yeah. But then it comes back on when you kick it, though. Uh, it, it's, it's on the whole time. It never shuts off. You just got to get the you got to get the fan to stop squealing. Just start squealing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, so I'm curious what's Dougal doing these days? Uh, I I finally got a job. Hey, <laughs> see, and he's not too much younger than you, Mike. Well, he is. No, and I thought I was never going to work again. <laughs> Holy for but political I'm, parties, right? Well, I I'm so I spent I taught a course at the local university which paid like Winnipeg minimum minimum wage, basically. But I I just got it started working as for this guy I helped get elected. You did get him elected, the yeah. native the native person. Yeah. All right, cool. And then he said, "You get my ass elected, I'll give you a job, boy." No, it took a lot longer than that. Oh, okay. To come it was around. more subtle, I'm sure, but you know, I get to the truth. No, for he was he was I got him elected and then nothing happened. Oh. And then uh, you had to call him and remind him that you got him elected. No, no, no. I kept doing no. He he got a boost to his budget, which allowed him to hire me. Oh, okay. So he had never forgotten. No, no. Okay. He says I know who got me elected, but I gotta I gotta make the government bigger. Yeah. So I can employ him. And then he did. Oh, you socialists are so great. <laughs> Technically, we're liberals. Oh, oh sorry, pardon me. <laughs> Socialist is on the dark web. You just call yes. yourself liberals on the regular web. I got you, I got you. Well, no, because there are three parties here, right? <laughs> there's actually more, but that's it. So we, are the we actually have the centrist one are called they, the Liberal Party. So like, are yeah, they so private I parties like our parties, though? That they're like separate entities? From the government? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know about that. It's been causing me concern. But anyways, at least you got three. Yeah, well, so there's a conservative party, a liberal party, and then people who were, yeah, they're called the New Democrats, who are actual, they were actually used to be called socialists, and they have people, but they moved far too far to the right, which made their actual socialists angry. Ah. And where do, where along the spectrum do you feel that you fit, Dougal? Center, oh, somewhere on the center left. Yeah, yeah. I bet Mike think Mike Lisk thinks he's a center leftist. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'd say I am. I bet PC Mike is a center leftist. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, you know, it's just I'd heard this thing in Denmark that they have, you know, how we're all in America, we're always talking about the small business guy and people, you know, if you don't like your job, you go out and start a business on your own and stuff. But in America, if you try to do that, you lose your health care if you're working for a company that provides it. Whereas in Denmark, 
you have your health care no matter where you go. It's portable. So people are more willing to take risks because they're not, you know, risking their children's. If they get a catastrophic illness, you don't have to worry about going broke. Sure. Canada too. Right. So then that actually makes the free market freer, even though it's socialist. You know, it's so complicated. Yeah. The thing is, it's not even that. I don't know. I don't know quite why socialism got such a dirty word because it's really just. Anyway, it's just. That's a, it's, a, it's just a, like you said. It, it, it's 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 a pariah that word now. So you can't use it. And, and so that was that, that was Bernie Sanders' mistake. He should never have described himself that way. Well, he did say democratic socialist, but of course, the people that don't want to like him. You, you can't you're even, the democratic part. You can't even use the word socialist. You can't use it. It's just the lazy. Did you say social democrat? Could he have said? Because that's no. What, I, that's, I think I think that word, you know, is just it, people latch onto it to attack. So it's like just refuse to use that word. I mean, if they call you that, that's on them. But when you right. call it, when you when you label yourself, you just sort of set yourself up for these these people, you know, to attack you. Right, because it's like a trigger word. <laughs> yeah, it's just a trigger word, you know? I mean, it's silly. They, but... You say socialist, they hear communist, and they want to kill you. That's just and, what and, happens. And, yeah, and the thing is, you know, you know, years ago, I mean, Social Security was so called socialism, you know? You well, tried, that's tried because to take it, it is. Oh, you guys are being recorded, I should tell you. Huh? But anyways, that's because it is. And my understanding about why he calls himself specifically a democratic socialist is because he thinks the free market is good for generating wealth, but that it needs to be socialistically redistributed because capitalism is a, a winner-take-all game unless you have yeah. an intermediate. But that's the crazy thing is that that that's what the U.S. was from 19 and still is to a huge degree. It is. I mean, it, you know, it, the, the economy is managed. It does, it's not a free-for-all, you know, and then, you know... Oh, things, and it's a good thing. There'd and, be and, eight people running the whole country, if there isn't already. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, the recent example, you know, the banks failed. They were too big to fail, so they, they got propped up. You know, so, I mean, it, it's being managed. You know, it's... You know. So you're a Trump man? Me? <laughs> Yeah, Richard's is ready to vote. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna mention that I went. I saw Reckless Eric on Saturday, but only the very end of his show. And yeah. when I walked in the room, you know who he was talking about? Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Staunch supporter. No, he was just getting people to boo. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a. Easy way to do that, eh? It was kind of like when I saw Graham Parker, though, you know, just an acoustic guitar by himself. I only actually heard him do one song, and he was talking most of the rest of the time. He wasn't even playing music? Well, he did, but I think I got there too late because I was watching Chuck Prophet. He was nailing it. Was he good? Reckless? It sounded uh, all right. I know, but Graham I... Parker. Is he good? Chuck Prophet was great. Oh, Graham Parker. Graham Parker. No, he was boring as all get out. Really? Yeah, he only did one song, Local Girls, and that was it. And all the rest, he was talking about wearing sandals with socks and 
you know, that's his new punk rock thing. It was horrible. It was like an old man. What venue was it? Uh, that was at the Cantina at the Cuban Club uh-huh. in Ybor City. That's too bad. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of his music. But I saw a very good band called The Bright Light Social Hour, which is like an Austin psychedelic band. They were great. They put out a fantastic show. 50 bands on 10 stages. I didn't see them all, I assure you. You guys still there? Yeah. Okay. Sort of, well, I'm still intrigued like Grandpa. Graham Parker wasn't saying. Was there no audience there? There was probably 150 people. Oh, all right. But he was just walking around with his acoustic guitar and singing songs I didn't know and fuck out just wearing my sandals with my white socks and that was his punk rock statement. It was really sad. Eric was rocking even with just an acoustic guitar. It was noisy. But, but like I said, we only heard one song, and the rest of the time he was just stirring up the audience talking about politics. And even that, you know, he wasn't getting into detail. He was just saying, you guys like Hillary Clinton? Everybody called, no, and then he loved that, you know. But that was at the end of the night. I had to go after that. But yeah, we got there at like 7 o'clock and didn't leave until 12.30. a lot of music. Saw James McMurtry. Yeah. He was pretty good. But you know, his music has a tendency to be very literary and rather dark. And he's a rather dark person, you know. I heard, I heard you know, I listened to his early, his first couple records. and But to me, his music wasn't diverse enough, you know. It's just kind of like it, it started to just sound sound alike all the songs, you know. Yes. Yeah, and he did have a guy there that was good to add in some diversity by introducing a accordion and stuff. But no, what you're saying is, as far as the tempo and the sound, and it's a great sound, but yeah. after 20 minutes of the same sound, you're ready for something a little different. Can yeah. you break it up? Give us a waltz or something, you know? But, but he's mostly, you know, Chris Gow made the observation about a guy named Chris Knight. And I had made the observation about um, Steve Earle right around the same time that it seemed like a lot of people that would have been short story writers are now working in the Americana field. As you know, the story songs. Yeah. Guy Clark, I put in that category. Well, back when there was a viable. <laughs> That's when it was a viable music industry. Now, like the bottom fell out of that. And it's like, where do you go? I mean, you can't make money doing either of them now. Sell your soul to Burger King or whatever. Yeah. Mike, what was your, what was your, was it Sun Kill Moon parody again? Yeah, yeah. I, I reread it and it's really good. Like, it's really good. It's actually beautifully constructed as a written piece. <laughs> well, well, I, I like, finished. I never, I actually, I, 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 I when I saw it, I would, Oh, this is like it's got a anyway. I, it was really. Oh, no, like I, I was. I remember thinking it was super super funny, and then listening to it. Then actually, I'd never. I had no idea who Sun Kill Moon was. Then, which made it even better. Yeah. But then no. I went back and. But it's it's really artfully constructed. 
Well, it, it took me all of about a half hour while watching the Mets. To, to I wish I could say. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I could say I put all this effort into it. <coughs> I no, mean, you don't have to say that. You can accept the compliment that it was artfully yeah, constructed. Yeah. No, no. Once, once I had the idea, I was off to the races. You know, so that that was the main thing: get, getting getting an idea, and you know, listening to what is. What is the big Sun Kill Moon record that, uh, I can't think of the name of it. I, I talked about listening to that. And like every other song's about, you know, somebody he, he knew that sort of died an unusual death, you know? And so like, all right, this, this, is, this is the hook that I'm just going to make fun of. So, um, yeah, I had that, uh, that sort of anecdote about my mother hearing that, you know, last thing, I mean, I didn't, I don't. Was any of that true? Well, all of it was true except the fact that he died, you know. <laughs> the, the last thing, you know, I ever heard about this guy, you know, his family moved away, you know, when, we were, when I was young. And then, you know, I didn't hear anything for years. And then my mother would just, you know, she was just a source of information that would flow into... Gossip, you know, we call that. Yeah, the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow she got wind. She got wind that... Uh, Michael Perry had driven his car through a 7-Eleven in Florida someplace. And, uh, you know, I don't think he died, you know, but, uh, yeah, that, that would have been part of the information. But, you know, I just, I just used that as... So, so that's what the Sun Kill Moon was, though, about people that died unusual deaths? Well, yeah, there's, there's at least two or three songs on... on I can't think of it. Is, it. is the name of the record called Ben or something? Uh... It's like a name of a person, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, two or three of the songs, and, and they're based on facts. They're based on, like, you know, an uncle of his that died and, and a, a, a cousin or something. Well, you know? it's just the reason why I ask is because we have, I or had a band down here called the Handshake Squad, and they were writing a bunch of songs about that, and they were getting them right out of the newspaper, like a lady that got stabbed by a sturgeon. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, that would be a good. That would be a good uh, exercise. And I even thought of doing that. You know, just taking, you know, newspaper stories and then developing. You know, just sort of expand them into like short stories. You could do that too. You know. Oh sure. You I know, think you, that would be great, Mike. And you've got free time. Benji was the name of the album. Okay. My son, Kill Moon. Benji. And that that Els, Elsner guy did a good imitation of his kind of you know folk, yeah yeah I mean folk guitar there he's he's good you know and, and and you know that's all I had to do was to you know he hadn't heard that album either either and you know I think I picked one or two songs from there you know to give him an idea of like what I was interested in oh so you I thought he had already written the music no. Oh, well, that was your idea. That's good. That's good. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you I got still the idea. Getting, you still getting money coming in from that? Or that That's not so much because... Tom, I'll I, play it more. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I, I didn't know this about Bandcamp. I didn't, I didn't even know about Bandcamp when I did the thing. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, people, people told me after I did it that I should put it up there. You know, I didn't even know about that website. Right, right. So, but, but what they do with the songs... You know they have the, the that minimal dollar, you know, per song, 
and then they take like a third of it out. So you know, you know, you, you get nothing. <laughs> but 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 what's what I I didn't know, and, and maybe I I should have you know jumped on it faster. And it's the merchandise. They don't take the the same sort of cut that they oh, they do oh, with the music because you're sending it out. I guess I don't know. So you should have been making Michael Perry T-shirts right away. Well, you know, I think I've mentioned this in the past. It's been going on for so long. I do have a T-shirt in the works. It's it's going to be a it's just going to be a Masters Tavern T-shirt, which which you know I can I can sell in uh, the bar. <laughs> well, I'm going to get I'm going to give it to my regulars. You know, I, I I'm not going to sell it to them. But, so, but they'll be my advertisement around town, and then when other people start looking for the shirt, they can come to the bar and I can sell them. And you know, I'll put the shirt up on uh, Bandcamp. You know. And then what do they take from that? They they don't really take well. They take something, uh, but it's like minimal compared to what they take out. Their music, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's weird. Now you ought to. Do, uh, you told me those could be big. I'd buy one of those. It's yeah, got it's, 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 it's got, got like a Harvard. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like the Harvard colors, you know, and the the Harvard type, except it's going to say masses. With a big M with the big block letters instead of an H. Yeah, and it's just going to be, you know, and below masses, it's going to have like a little square that says tavern on it. But Mike's oh, not putting his name on it anywhere. No, I didn't want to, that's corny, you know, I didn't want to put my name on something or my face or anything, anything like that. No, I think that you came out on a you good. You want to do the? Uh, don't you know I'm loco? Sure, or a button? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's an idea. Buttons. What else is there? I mean, what I'm, could you? What could you? You'd have to make like a five pack of buttons and sell them for something like. What could you sell posters? a button for? You know. Posters. Yeah. I mean, I. It, what you want to do is do something that's easy to to mail. You know. That's yeah. Not, yeah. Complicated. Because, I mean, even the T-shirts is going to be, you know, I mean... Manufacturing and stuff. I mean, the, the headshots was easy because it was, you know, it was simple to mail those things out. Wait, you know? wait, wait, wait. I want to hear about the photo session. There was no photo session. Well, where did the picture come from? The picture came from when Tom was doing uh, the video for uh, Ben Gibbard's song. I, I was, I had, I was, you know, an extra in that video and, um, you know, uh, Mindy Tucker, you know, she goes to these different comedy nightclubs and whatever, mm -hmm. and she just takes pictures, you know? Yeah, I think I saw her website after you talked about it. I yeah, it yeah. Mindy Tucker. Mindy Tucker. Yeah. A real nice person, you know? Well, good. I want to mention her several times then. Yeah. Um... So and, Mindy Tucker was just taking pictures. Yeah, she was at the she was at the video shoot and she was taking pictures of people involved in it and stuff. And she just came up to me during a break. I was just sitting there and, and she sort of asked me if she'd take my picture and she did. And then I guess somehow Rob got a hold of it. I mean, it, it wasn't even like you know she sent me the picture or anything. You know, Rob Hatchmiller saw the photos or something, and so next thing I know, he created the headshot, you know, with my name and address on it, like I'm an actor, you know, he did that as a gag. And, um, so that gag led to Tom suggesting that 
for the live Philadelphia uh, Sharpling and Worcester show that I print those things out and autograph them. And, you know, Tom, Tom was, you know, said that, you know, he did it as a gag because he, he figured nobody would be buying them. But, but I sold about, you know, over $300 worth that night, you know? <laughs> that and was that, funny when you were talking about that on the show and Tom was saying you were filling... Tom said you were filling out a W-2 right after <laughs> that had me cracking yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect either. But, you know, all, all, all the live shows, you know, I got I got a nice response from people that was really nice. And, and But, you know, the thing is, I still had like a box and a half of these things left. I mean, he, he had like a couple hundred printed. That's what I wanted to know. Okay. So that... So then, you know, after that show, they were just sitting in my kitchen for, you know, about a month and a half. And you got to keep looking at yourself? No, they were, you know, <laughs> they were tucked away. I was oh, looking. I thought you had one up on the, above the fridge and another uh, one over uh, the stove. And actually, I find that photo unbearable to look at. But, <laughs> but you know, every time, you know, somebody posts it, I cringe. But then I'm like, well, all right, it's advertising. And then I sell a few more. Yeah, that's like Ray Wiley Hubbard with Up Against the Wall, Redneck Mother. Yeah. You know, he's sick of that song, but he knows that he would not be a musician today if it wasn't for it. So he'll do it every night that they call him. And uh, so, yeah, I just, and then I noticed there was a merch section of Bandcamp, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll put it up there and see what happens. And they were gone. Yeah, I've sold, I've sold, I've sold out of what I had left, and now I have another order, and I've gone through How about... How many? How many? I would say, uh, you know, I, 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 I say... When I, you I ordered, paid, when like, you said, how many do I need? I don't even know. He, it's like two boxes of like 150 each, I think. Okay. Because I figure, I, I think I've made like... And, and the thing is, people are being very generous. They're, they're even spending more than the $10 for the thing that I asked for. That's because you're so sweet. And people, you know, like, in, I mean, I'm sending them all out to other countries. They're putting more money on for... Right, to send them to them. Canada's pretty big. I've sent a, lot, a bunch to Canada. How Please. much extra does it cost to send it to Dougal? Canada's only like 260 All right, you know. for that. Yeah, that's what you got to do. you got to screw people on the, on the handling. <laughs> I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, maximize your, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Screw people on the handling, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you just get yeah. <laughs> Maybe hey. it was better for the first time I said Yeah. Like, hey, the photo's free, but shipping is $16.99. No, I've sold more than I expected to, so it's like, the all right. Handling. It's not the shipping, it's the handling. Oh, that's, that's right. You really have to push the market. Yeah. Yeah. Good run. Yeah, we got a company over here in the United States that I understand does that with uh, aluminum. They own several warehouses within, you know, like 20 miles of each other, and they keep moving it around and not putting it on the market because it drives up the price with the handling. So, Mike, take a tip from the successful. I'm not going to try and gorge people. That's not yeah, like for, a, for a little while, I, after the half hour of power, I was doing these things that looked like collector's cards. Uh -huh. um, like it's like it's stuff like that, like stuff you can get, like you can you can actually that's where merch like that's where people make money. 
Yeah. Well, one idea like, it's, I had. It's, it's, and people like it. Thing is, actually, people yeah. actually like that having that stuff. One idea I had was like postcards that I was going to do, like uh, Bayonne postcards. You know, you, I could just send you a little personal message. Each each one would be different. You know. Hey, I'm at the Wawa in Bayonne, thinking of you, Mike. But I couldn't. I couldn't even find like a, a local, a local po postcard. I think postcards are becoming like, you know, rotary phones. Yeah, they're disappearing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's like a, a thing anymore. Even though, you know, strangely enough, I mean, someone wrote me a letter because, you know, I put my return address on the, the things and somebody just sent me out of the blue a, a little letter, you know, I don't know why. You know, I, I, sometimes I wonder the effect I'm having on people because this person told me a story about how he was at the bank and he was watching a cockroach move up and down this guy's leg as he was waiting online, you know. Jesus. And, and, yeah, so I'm like, what, why did you feel, why is that story something you feel like you have to tell me? You know, what is it, what, what is it about me that that story would be more appealing than, say, anybody else, you know? But, you know, it, it was an interesting story. I thought, it, you know, I thought the end of the story was going to be that, like, this was like his pet or something, the way he was talking about how it was crawling up his leg and it was coming back down and, you know. But uh, no, it's just a random uh, encounter with a cockroach. And then the guy, the guy got all pissed off about something once he got up to the bank teller and started screaming at the bank teller. And that was kind of the, the whole story, you know. I mean, it didn't, didn't really go anywhere, you know. But uh, maybe that was what he was trying to get across to me. I don't know. But I suspect I'll get more uh, correspondence from people, which would be nice, actually, you know. I think I might just ask people to send me letters. Maybe I'll read them on the half hour of power or something. You enjoying the new show or the new ver iteration of the show? Yeah, the show's going well, you know? I yeah. mean, uh, I feel like Tom's just getting comfortable, though. Yeah? It's sort of like with, with FMU. If you go back to the real early stuff, you can tell he was uptight. Mm -hmm. Then it got into a comfortable place, and I think, what was the one where everything broke loose? When he had to be nice. You know, where he couldn't say anything bad? Yeah, it was wonderful, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, that was that when was, it got was, back that, to that right. transcendent phase there, and this is so sweet. But it, but it got, you know, great callers, too. Oh, wow. he got great callers, like almost right off the bat, that... Yeah. The dude who called was like, hey, do you hear about the, he who was like, oh, do you hear about the, the Grateful Dead box set? He was like the first guy, and it was just like, he set the stage, and the next thing you know, they're calling with the, the radio static, and the one guy called with a GPS instructions going. It was yeah. crazy, you know? No, it, it was really good, and but, you know, a lot of it was the callers. I mean, you know, I don't think the callers sure. really realize how much they, they can contribute, you know? But it was also that it was also that he handed over judging what was a what was a, a complaint or not to you. Yeah, yeah that was so was the first one he, he did. He would say, "Oh, he would say something." Like, That's a complaint. Yeah, yeah. And the first one he did it was judged a complaint, and it wasn't a complaint. And at first, I was like almost to be like, "Hey, that, that's not fair." And then I realized, like, no, wait, this game is rigged. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was like this has been one of the uh, like it's like an, an unbroken string of like eight shows that have been. They've just been amazing, like amazing. For like two months. Where, the, the one that I what I thought was great was where for no reason he was playing that song from the end of Nashville. Yeah. And that that one was wonderful too. It was like the last 30, 20 minutes of that was just so surreal because it just had that song kind of teetering in and out. It was really good. Yeah. He, well, I mean, that just came from, he, he, I guess he got, uh, I think Criterion just came out with a new... Yeah, I think you're right. I think he said that. Yeah, that that was that he didn't watch. He was bragging about buying it earlier in the show or something, or uh, maybe a show later or before, and then that song just kind of slipped in. I, I loved that. Yeah. That's an Altman movie, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's been... And the half hour power just uh, is great too. That kind of reminds me of Mike's Skype thing, is what I think when I hear the half hour power. It's so loose, you know. Yeah, it is. I'm actually trying to get Tom to loosen up a little more in that because, you know, I try. I yeah, I try to bring up like sort of personal time stuff. I mean, you know, Tom's pretty. You know, he he keeps his guard up. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to break break through that a little bit, but it's tough. You know, he's, like he's, even even when the group of us are talking about something. If you notice, he sort of skirts it. He doesn't really come into the conversation on certain things that are yeah. personal. Hey, what about your approach with Gary, Mike, about looking at Tom in the face? Did that ever work out? <laughs> no, right? I, I, th I think I didn't keep doing that. I, I, yeah, I think, I think I should do that. Yes! I was, I, I was your trying. relationship of, with Gary has evolved for the better, too. I like how you guys are kind of pals now. Well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, I, I still would like to bring this whole thing to a crisis. Okay. Where, where Tom would have to, you know, get rid of the, the barrier that is Gary, you know, and just talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, that we don't need Gary anymore. <laughs> right. right. We, we could just talk to one another. That, that's where I'd like to go, but, you know, hey, it's, it's right. not the show, so... <laughs> there was a great moment I also want to point out on a half hour of power where Tom did something hilarious to you. You'll remember this. You, sh you should remember this. You were doing like one of your things where you present something that's so out of his normal topic zone. Well, that's what I try to do. I try, I try to have something ready, you know? And, and this one was so successful that you almost seemed like you hesitated for a second and somebody else spoke and Tom goes, no, no, Mike has the floor on this. You remember that one? Was that? It was. Well, no, you know, I always, you know, I know he, he sort of turns the spotlight on me in that, that show, so I like to have something ready to go, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's usually, yeah, like trying to get him out of his, his comfort zone, that type of thing. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do there, but. I was wondering about it. There were two things. One is, I think I might have told you this. We were listening to something, and my kids were hearing it. Tom's always talking to you, but they couldn't hear you. So at first, it sounded like you were a figment of Tom's imagination. <laughs> that, is, that he's talking to this person who isn't there. But the other thing is, does Gary know Tom exists? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Tom talked I don't think Gary has ever acknowledged Tom even exists. That's a good point. I, I think I'll, I'll bring that to... Uh... 
Gary's attention next time. <laughs> yeah, that is a good get, yeah. get it. Get his get Gary's opinion of Tom Sharplin. Yeah, I don't think he. I actually don't know if he knows he exists. Like he never. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never, he, he 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 never alludes to Tom. Yeah, you're right. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Get rid of the the barrier that is Gary. Does Gary know Tom exists? Get rid of the the barrier that is Gary. Get rid of Gary. Get rid of Gary. Get rid of the the barrier that.